0: Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut, And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicholas. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time.
1: If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't
0: enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.
2: To start the radio side so bill wd 40 can lube us up for tonight's show all right uh anonymous rex hey timmy how are you buddy uh gorgeous larry nice to see you and digger dog always a pleasure my man samantha and midwest night watchers how are you uh where are we julio avalos bama Boom to you. Samantha, thank you so much for kicking off the Super Chat. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much, Samantha. We really appreciate it. And uh, we are caught up so far. We are caught up. Wow, that was quick. Burn right through it. Yes, like I said, the Super Chat is open, and it's a great way to support what we do on this show nightly. Also, you can do a little shopping as we're getting close to Christmas at spacedoutradio.com. we got some really cool shirts there and hoodies and T-shirts and everything there for you. Hey, Lee Lovelight, welcome to SOR Chat. I also made some baby clothes. Go figure. Verpine, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. We're 30 seconds away. Now, if you're new here, please know this Uh-oh. Mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Street Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok. At Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky-Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them. On our website, we got a great show for you tonight. Monster Talk all night long for the first couple of hours with Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com. And then, hour three, we got the Swamp Dweller coming in. Then, little Timmy Senor is going to bring in some controversial news that hit the UFO world today. Oh, what could that be? Well, <laughs> how about charging for interviews? Oh, we're going to blow that one out of the water a little bit later on. But first... First, let us get to our great guest tonight. Lon Strickler has been a researcher, author, and published of the, publisher of the syndicated Phantoms and Monsters blog since 2005. He's been in this field, and he is one of the best at reporting on tens of thousands of paranormal supernatural cases from around the world. His research and reports have been featured in hundreds of online media sources and television, including History Channel's Ancient Aliens, Paranormal Witness, Factor Fake, The Paranormal Files, and many more. He's an accomplished author. You can find all of his books at any major bookstore. We love it when Lon comes in once a month for Strange Days to talk about the monsters that are among us. And thank you, Lon, so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio again. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, hanging in there, and uh, welcome to the Grandpa Club.
2: I appreciate that, man. I really do. I mean, that little guy, he's, I'm telling you, he's already got me wrapped around his fingers, man. Already wrapped.
1: Yeah, well, I understand that. I mean, you know,
2: (laughs) it happens. I get it. And you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind at all. I got to meet my grandson this weekend, and, oh, he's just perfect he's just perfect. You know, the funny part about it was uh uh everybody's holding him and and he's, you know, he when he wasn't sleeping, he was crying much like babies do when you're just a couple of days old, okay? Grandpa gets involved here. There's no whining, there's no complaining. He knows, <laughs> he knows and yes, for for the record, okay, when I showed up at my daughter's house, I came with hockey skates. He already has hockey skates. He won't fit him till he's about three years old, but that's okay. You have to instill good quality education right off the bat. You know, <laughs> you have to.
1: Yep, get him out on the pond, man.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't get to body check him. I I, I was going to. I was going <laughs> to, you know, just to teach him a little lesson, just in case he tried anything on me. But uh, I, I didn't get the chance to... Uh, But I'll get him. I'll get him. He'll look at me wrong just once, and then I'll just put him right into the drywall. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. But uh, Lon, we got some inf- important information and, and, and more sad news. This has been a horrible year for the amazing people that we have lost in the cryptid world. It started off with your your brother and my, my mentor and brother, uh, uh, Butch Wachowski, earlier this year. And it's sad to uh, announce that if people hadn't known... Uh, th- I called her the queen of the cryptids because in 1989, she's the journalist who broke the story about the beast of Bray Road. Linda Godfrey passed away this past weekend. She had been battling illness for a number of uh, the last couple of years and and really took uh, herself out of the spotlight to concentrate on her health. But just another good soul in this industry gone way too soon.
1: Yeah, we have uh, been losing a few in the last couple of years. I guess it all started, well, you know, the one that hit me really hard, first of all, was uh, Rosemary Ellen Golly, because I had worked with her for years. And uh, she was involved with the original uh, Chicago Mothman studies and such. And, uh, you know, of course, we've lost a lot of people since. And then with Butch passing this past February, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's been a little tougher without them. Uh, Linda has been under the weather sick for about two years now. Uh, I had been, you know, she has been doing interviews. She hasn't really been doing much of anything. She very, she was very private. And, um, uh, but she was the one to put the, um, the upright canines on the map. Uh, she was a, uh, a news journalist in, uh, Elkhorn back in the seventies and eighties, I guess. And when this story broke, uh, in the late '80s, she was on it, and of course, she's she did some artwork as well, and she started doing illustrations of this this beast. And uh, you know, it's a it's a legend. She was a legend. Uh, she was the um, she was kind of the person to put the uh, the cryptid canines on the map. And uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be a little less informed from now on. Uh, i don't know who's going to take up the mantle but i'm quite sure some people will uh, no I, I liked i really liked uh, linda in fact linda reached out to my wife when she was sick back in 2015 with cancer and uh they were they used to talk a lot on the phone about books and writing and life and everything in general so no i was very uh i was very beholding to to linda and um anytime i had a question she was right there for me
2: you know what? She literally took me under her wing and I and I to this day I don't know why. I really don't. I know she tried to get me on about three different television shows. Uh she tried and one came really close where literally the day before I was supposed to fly to New York that to talk cryptids and monsters, uh A and E pulled the plug on the show. That's just how it, mm. it goes sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, it hurt. And she's just like, don't worry, Dave, your break is coming. She was the first person to put one of my stories in print in a book, in her book, Monsters Among Us. She'd used one of my triangle, uh, sighting stories in that. And, you know, she, when she said something, she meant it. And, you know, in, in a game that we play, which is called the cryptid paranormal world, there's a lot of dishonesty in this field, as you know, Lon. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of real, real bad people in this field. But she was the sunshine in the cryptid world. It didn't matter whether you know the, whether who you were, or what you were. Everybody loved Linda.
1: Yeah, I mean, and she'd worked with so many people, especially in and around uh, Wisconsin, southern Wisconsin. Uh, anybody that came into the area and, uh, was doing the investigation. She was very open to them. Um, you know, I, I, I talked to several people this yesterday. She passed yesterday morning. Uh, well, Sunday morning and, uh, they, um, you know, I, you know, everybody was just shocked by it though. We, we knew there was something going on there, but, uh, she really touched a lot of people over the years and um uh like i said before she she kind of put the cryptic canine on the map and uh got people really looking into it you know yeah people have talked about this cryptid for well literally centuries but her bringing it to the forefront especially around bray road area um I mean, people started to stand up and notice, and uh, she and she was a very serious investigator. Well, and there was no, there was no BS with her.
2: Well, you know what? In tribute of Linda, let's go back to 1989 because I know you know this story well about how she got tipped off to this monster this dogman like creature running around Wisconsin and it became an addiction for her.
1: Mhm. Yeah, she wanted to find answers. I mean, um and, and you know th- th- there there was just not one. There were, th- there were several stories, you know, kind of under the radar. But uh she took it upon herself to look at all the evidence and to um expand on it and she was you know you know having an ability to be you know to do drawings and sketches and stuff um she she put it all you know actually was being reported you know in newspapers she worked for and uh yeah it's um you know like i said she's legendary now and she's, you know she's among the the one of the greatest investigators that we've had
2: I can just imagine what her and Butch Witkowski are talking about right now in the cryptid heavens above. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Butch having a couple of <clears throat> drinks and, Linda, Linda, what the hell are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here yet. I could see it all right now, my friend. I could see it <laughs> all right now. But you're right. She did put the the Beast of Bray Road story on the map. And, it went, you know, for a time when there was no internet – that story went viral across Mm -hmm. the United States and people, you know, this is even before I became a journalist. I, I didn't become a journalist until 1998. And I, I went to uh, college for two years previous to that doing journalism without any internet was brutal back in the day. Absolutely brutal. And, it was very difficult for a number of of people to try and get stories to go viral. Yet what, what do you think was the magic behind this story as to why it took off?
1: Her professionalism. I mean, her no-nonsense. She didn't sensationalize what she was uh, working on. Uh, she was very matter-of-fact and... Uh, yeah, and that's what drew people because, especially people that knew her in the area, knew that her her style and her journalism and and, and what she was known for was you know was all straightforward. And um, you know when that story came out, she started getting a lot of uh, she, a lot of attention, and it did it did hit hit the crypto world quick. And you know that was a time when mostly people talked about just Bigfoot and maybe a Mothman story here and there. And that was it. Um, You had a few odds and ends. And, uh, but no, the cryptic canines became part of the nomenclature of cryptozoology. And she, um, but no, I think her honesty and seriousness really stood out. And um, I think people really appreciate it. Well, they absolutely did with her book sales. I mean, you know, her all her books went what did well, and uh her writing skill and uh yeah she was she was one of a kind no De- doubt
2: definitely one of a kind well let's in tribute to her let 's talk about the dog man here because this creature you know we all thought it was just hovering around the central United States, but as it became more popular. It seemed to morph into different creatures, bigger creatures, bipedal canines that Butch and, and you were chasing around in Pennsylvania, which seemed to be around that eight, nine to ten feet uh, uh, area. I mean, when we mm-hmm. look, but m- previous to to Linda Godfrey breaking this, this was all about werewolves, man. We never heard about Dog Man. We heard about werewolves, but not Dog Man. I mean. She started this entire cryptid chase.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah well, I, in, in the area where I live at, the, uh, a lot of the, uh, the German people coming from the old world uh, in the late 1800s who were moving in here, and um, Pennsylvania Dutch, they called them, were moving into the area and, and buying farms, and a lot of them started moving out into western Maryland. And uh, these werewolf, or what they called Dwayo sightings, started popping up. And then back in the 60s and early 70s, there was a real flap of sightings in Frederick County, Maryland. I, I think between 7 to 10 sightings in, in, in within a year or so. And uh, people started noticing it, but it wasn't getting out there as much as, you know, uh, after you know, Linda started writing about the Beast of Bray Road, but no, you know, it was it was known. Uh, I, I'd known about it for years, but I be honest with you, I didn't really think much about it. I thought, yeah, well, people, you know, people were misidentifying some large dog for being a werewolf or such, but no, people were dead serious about it. <clears throat> so, of course. When we got more involved with the sightings here in Pennsylvania. Uh, and, of course, Butch and I started working together. That's when we started to get a lot of the um, historical sightings and started collecting those. And, uh, yeah, this is something that's been going on for quite a while, but it just never really got into mainstream. But, of course, that's what Linda did. Linda put it into the mainstream and uh, it became a known cryptid, maybe not right away, but as time went on and more people got involved with the cryptozoology world, uh, they started getting reports of these um, these uh, canine cryptids. Now, of course, there was the, the infamous Michigan Dogman thing, which turned out to be a hoax, and she actually exposed that. Um, she exposed that with the Gable film and being a hoax and such, but yeah, when something was uh nefarious and and she could prove that it was uh it was not real, she hes- did not hesitate to come forward on it. No, so, uh, but uh, absolutely. She,
2: uh, but she wasn't a researcher. She was a journalist looking to put answers yeah. to a story, much like, you know, a a journalist who covers uh the the crime beat or the police beat or or whatever it may be. That was her job. Her job mm-hmm. was dogman and she made that her priority and that's what a good journalist does and and you know i mean god bless her for for the work that and the stories that she was able to tell i'm not too sure that many others could tell those same stories
1: well not the way she does or did um she um she did she took it personally she really did and uh and I, I don't I can't really necessarily say that everything that I do I take personally, but she really did. And that's what she investigated. Of course she she got in you know, she got into other in, investigative um areas as well. She did a lot of research in the Kettle Ketamoran State Park area, uh, but mostly because of the, the cryptic canines. But there were other things she had she had encounters she did she she had what she believed was a bigfoot encounter at one point um and uh she believed she may have had a cryptic canine re- encounter at one point as well so uh you know when linda talked you knew knew you were going to get the, the the straight up on it and um that's why i loved having her on my show i probably interviewed her I looked back the other day. I think I've interviewed between my show and Beyond the Edge and Arcane Radio probably about eight or nine times. So, uh, yeah, you know, she was always busy. She oh, was not yeah. easy to get on the show. No, that, but, uh, yeah, she,
2: that's for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, we've got about four and a half minutes here before we got to go to break. At the bottom of the hour, Lawn Strickler's Strange Days is on Spaced Out Radio tonight. We're talking about the the sudden passing of the Queen of the Cryptids, author, researcher, investigative journalist Linda Godfrey, who uh, passed away this past weekend. And I want to end it like on this because I think you know we we should do her a lot of justice here, and she'll probably you know sh- shake her head and slap me for for mentioning this. But <laughs> the the fact that she really gained the attention of, of the dog man. Now we have dog man research going on all across North America and the world. And you know what? We're getting reports here in British Columbia all the way down to the southern states on the East coast. I mean, this creature really has uh, taken off and more people are seeing it every single year regarding it. I mean, like you said earlier, it used to be all about Bigfoot. But I think we can, I think it's safe to say we can credit Linda. I mean, somebody else may have done it in the future, but I think we can really credit Linda for, you know, making this topic as almost equal to what we know of Sasquatch.
1: Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. She was the innovator. (laughs) You know, she's the one that put it out there. She's the one that did, um, that presented the evidence, the personal reports. And, um, she did. I mean, she, she did make it into a a real a real cryptid, a real unknown creature, uh, and uh, of course, since since that time, it's nothing but expanded uh, throughout the cryptozoology world.
0: Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut, And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicholas. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time.
1: If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic's going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy
0: it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.
1: And, uh, yeah, she deserves all the credit she could get, absolutely, because she was the one who started all this. And uh, if she didn't, I, I doubt it would have took off as much as it did. But, uh, yeah, she she deserves all the credit.
2: You know, I, I fully agree with you, and, and there's another big hole to fill. I mean, the good part about it is, outside of the UFO and paranormal world, I think the cryptid world really has a lot of good youngsters coming up who pay attention to what, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but the old timers have done. You know, they, you know, I mean, yes, there's always going to be that lack of respect, but I think for the most part, there's a lot of good young guys and girls out there who are now chasing down monsters because what's more exciting than being a monster hunter? And, and it, it's because of legends like you and Butch and, and Linda. I mean, you created a genre.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but I, I know we've been working on it. I was lucky enough to have a couple encounters myself. So I, I'm i a total believer. I mean, of course, there are things that I don't necessarily buy into. But uh, I, I've never had a cryptic canine encounter, and quite frankly, I'm not sure I really want one. But I know Butch wanted one, but I, I don't know if I do. But... Uh, She, um, you know, she was, she was not fearful of anything. And of course, as time went on, she got, she talked to more and more people, got involved with, of course, with, um, some of the newer sightings that had been going on around and some, some of the real paranormal and supernatural aspects to this creature, which she kind of stayed away from early on. You know, it's, it's interesting. She, She was not afraid to expand on this phenomena. Uh, You know, I remember when I first started talking to her back in the, oh, I don't know when I started, but anyway, she was strictly the flesh and blood type. I mean, she, she, she didn't really buy into the, the supernatural or maybe interdimensional aspect of these creatures, but like with a lot of other investigators and researchers, as time went on, it was getting harder and harder to explain as to why some of this was happening, and uh, she wasn't afraid to go into to that part of it, and uh, as time has gone on, of course, with the Hempel Farm and uh, some of the other things that were going on down on Bray Road, she was starting to realize, yeah, there's something more to this phenomenon.
2: Well said, and that's where we'll end it right there. God bless you, Linda Godfrey, from the heavens above. Coming up next, Lon Strickler, Strange Days, more Monster Talk on Spaced Out Radio. Very well put, my friend. Very well put right at the end. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. hmm All right. I'm just going to go check on my son. I will be. I'll be right back. I know you're in the chat watching. So, uh, uh, hey, we got 189 people watching right now. If you're new here and this is your first experience with Sor, come join us in the chat room. We'd love to have you guys in there and meet some really cool people that are here nightly. Uh, I know you're probably coming over from Jimmy because Jimmy has uh, taken off his uh, third hour. But uh, you're more than welcome to join us here. We'd love to have you. I'll be right back, guys. Down to sleep. There you go. Yeah. LT, welcome from southern Michigan. Southwestern Michigan. And who else has joined us in our chat room here? Paradox Fossils. Zune. Good to see you. <coughs> Evan Walters. New people. They're ready for us. That's all i got to say. Oh, we mm-hmm. love it. I love it. It's nice to go upstairs. My little dude uh, falls asleep every night to meditation. Mm. Yeah. He's a special one, Lon. He's a special one. Yeah. Last week uh, when my nephew was, or when my grandson was born, uh, we wake up on the he was born on Thursday night or Wednesday night, Thursday morning where my, my boy and I are sitting around the, uh, around the, uh, uh, our breakfast nook. And he's like, daddy, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. He's like, am I allowed to tell my class today that I'm an uncle? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like hell yeah, you can dude. You brag that, you know, you stand tall and you tell them that absolutely absolutely uh my son's reaction to meeting Jasper was phenomenal he just could not wait and he held him perfectly and and uh was just he was all kissing him and uh, and telling him how cute he was, and how they were gonna be best buddies and it was uh very natural, very natural, and it was really cool to watch hey Ross Lambda. Mm. how you doing, man <clears throat> So for those of you who are new here, we are a live radio show. Okay, where we uh, we uh, broadcast out to terrestrial affiliates, uh, five in the U.S., one in Canada. We're going to be adding to that lineup very soon, so that's why we have to take the commercial breaks. You guys uh, listening in on YouTube or the podcast section actually get to hear uh, a different side of what we do. So, uh, you know, for those of you coming over from Jimmy after he's changed his format welcome uh we love y'all and uh just uh, give us a couple of weeks to see if you get used to us and maybe uh tune us in after here we go with the second half hour Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. I want to remind all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Near the end of each month, Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com comes on in to talk about the weird and strange around the world when it comes to all things cryptid in a little ditty we call Strange Days. Now, Lon is one of the best when it comes to the recordings of these creatures. He's got a list of of thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of reports on his website, phantomsandmonsters.com. And, Lon, you sent me one earlier today that absolutely tripped me out about a vehicle smashing into and literally dissecting a Sasquatch. What happened there?
1: Yeah, I um, a friend of mine in Ontario um, – sent that to me now this was a video that was actually done i guess about three years ago but the witness had come on and done the interview and told this story uh he was a german immigrant who was actually living in ontario during the christmas holidays back in 2018 and um he shared his story with uh Sir Reality. Podcast. I don't know if it's still called that now or not. I think they changed the name. But anyway, he said he was on, um, uh, I guess, what, Highway Ontario 502, went down from France, Fort Francis to uh, Dryden at night. And uh, it was about 11.30, 11.40. And he said he saw a, a semi-truck on the side of the road with its flash, you know, the flashing lights on, its hazard lights. So he stopped to see what was going on. And when he finally got in contact with this this truck driver, uh, this guy was in the cat, well, in the, the bed in the back. And he was said he was way as a ghost and he was shivering. And, and he didn't know what, you know, he didn't know what had happened. He basically was in shock. And this guy saw all the blood on the front of the, the truck and on the road. It was it was massive amount of blood. So the first thing he thought was this guy had a bear. So uh, you know he tried to get the story out of him, and he, he, he you know this guy was just not really saying much. So he, what he did, he took his flashlight and he walked back and followed the blood trail. And when he got there, he saw this big mass of fur laying in the road. And uh, as he got closer, he realized it wasn't a bear. And even though he said that he never believed in Bigfoot, uh, that's what he saw. And he said this thing was huge. But it was nearly decapitated. Thus, all the reason for the blood. So this guy with the semi must have hit this. Well, he did. He hit this thing. And he killed the Bigfoot. So, um, anyway, he called the police, the provincial police. They got there. And he, the thing he said that kind of surprised him was how they kind of seemed nonchalant about it. Like they knew what was going on. Um, you know, like they, they encountered this before. So, anyway, they, um, they took him... They took him back for questioning, uh, back to the station, and he said, uh, "He said when he got there, he in the immigration room, and he, he sat there for a bit. And he said eventually, he said this really odd-looking guy came into the room. He said he had gray skin, bald-headed." sunk cheeks, he had like a Quebec-like accent, Uh, spoke very gently, calmly, without an expression, and uh, he said the way he was questioning him, it made him feel like the the criminal. He was very uncomfortable with it. Uh, They made him sign a document, a non-disclosure agreement, and he basically told him, like with a lot of these MIB encounters that we read about, hear about, that you did not see anything. You yeah, know, nothing happened. Well, to make a long story short, he eventually was informed that he would have to leave Canada by January, within a couple, within a week or so. And he had, I mean, they were dead serious. He had to get out of there. And he's actually been, been on a, a blacklist since then to where he can't even travel to North America. And that includes the U.S. and Canada. Really? Um, he said, yeah, they erased every, all the information off his phone somehow without the phone. Uh, his laptop at home was erased. And, um, uh, he said a lot of the public information he had on any electronic, electronic devices was gone. He literally had to sell everything, his van and a lot of other things, just to get a ticket to get out of Dodge. And uh, they, he had to leave. So I thought this was a, quite a remarkable story. But uh, I'm, it's not surprising, to be honest with you.
2: You know, I've been hearing more and more about this government cover up of Sasquatch, Dogman, and the the entire cryptid world. I mean, if this is true, this gentleman's story is true, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Lon, and I hate to point it or make it about me, okay, but I've been doing this show for almost eight years. In just two days, it'll be your eight year anniversary. Of spaced out radio, I've never got been followed. I've never had the police show up. I've never had CSIS show up, or FBI, or CIA, or black marked vehicles or helicopters over my house outside of the forest fire helicopters, and I have an airport literally three quarters of a mile away. That's how close it is, and I've just <laughs> never had. You know, my phone, uh, like strange phone calls saying, hey, if, you, if you're if you covering this, you're going to be in trouble. Never had any of it. And this makes it very strange or hard for me to believe these types of stories. I, I do believe they happen, but over calling in a Bigfoot body on the road, I mean, that that's tough for me to swallow.
5: Well,
1: I, I, I did look into this the best I could. There's, there's no information from what I can tell on the internet. Um, I, I do know the guy who presented this on his show is pretty serious. Um, he's pretty well known for not putting a lot of crap out there. Uh, but I'll be quite frank with you. You know, and you know my history. I have been approached by the powers that be on three occasions. For for investigations that I've been involved with. Now none of it had to do with cryptids or, or Bigfoot. But um I was I was literally asked firmly not to continue on a couple of the investigations I had done or had been involved with. And um you know now I don't know how the thing how it goes in Canada, but I have heard of uh not necessarily provincial police but mounties actually warning people about going forward now you know there's this, there's there was an encounter not long ago well not an encounter but there was a sighting of something that people said was a giant up in in your neck of the woods i don't know how far it was from you but this guy ended up being dead um you know after reporting this and um I don't know. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. It could have been something not related to his sighting, of course. Yeah,
2: that one. But, that story is taking off, and that's a that's a gentleman who was found dead in Whistler, and yeah. he apparently saw a giant on one of the mountains and and reported it in and and kept on tracking for it and getting nosy and things like that. And at least this is the alleged story of it and yeah. then all of a sudden you know and he was a young scrappy healthy guy and all of a sudden there he is you know found deceased in his home
1: yeah these things happen um uh, you know I, I i'm not gonna go out and say that it, it's always related to what happened what they had uh, you know encountered but it seems awful weird um now th- this story I reported on today, I hadn't heard about this, and uh, because of someone who who does research for me, they they stumbled upon it and they sent it to me. And uh, yeah, I I did you know I did the uh, transcription off of the video, and when I watched the video and I got the link to the video in the story, it ugh, the guy looked dead serious to me. Uh, I, th- I think he really, something really did happen with him. And you can tell. I mean, you know, I, I've done enough investigating and talking to people and, and, and interviewing witnesses, especially with the Chicagoland winged humanoid phenomena, uh, that you can kind of separate the wheat from the chaff as far as people who are serious and people who aren't trying to pull the wool over. Uh, you're going to get that. But I, I think for the most part... Most of us guys or gals that do these type of investigations uh, can pretty well tell if somebody's trying to, you know, trying to pull something on over, over us. So um, no, but I think from what I heard, this guy was had something definitely happen.
2: Yeah, and it was posted by a gentleman named Andrew Dawson uh, mm-hmm. up in Whistler, and you know, it looks like uh, there's a a Sasquatch, a Yeti, or or a or or a um bigfoot or a giant whatever you want to call it uh it was posted on his TikTok off of one of the peaks of Whistler mm-hmm. and look that entire area see this is what gets me about this story okay uh god bless the guy if if he did pass away okay and this and this was the result or whatever it is cuz you know he looked way too young to be uh, passing away at that age. But that entire area is is known for Sasquatch, the Whistler-Pemberton area. That's where Steve Estall yes. has had numerous sightings.
6: At CDW, we get how to achieve calm amidst the chaos of a hybrid workforce.
5: Before I check our security updates, I unwind in my desk massage chair.
4: So I hear. But with Google Chrome OS orchestrated by CDW, you get built-in
3: security with no reported ransomware attacks ever and simplified management so you can stay relaxed.
7: Sounds good, but I'm keeping the chair.
3: For proactive security, trust Chrome
4: OS and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at
2: cdw.com slash chrome OS. And and nope. there there have been farmers and ranchers all over that area reaching out to Steve Istall from HowToHunt.com dot com and HowToHunt YouTube channel about these air this area and that area is only two hours away from me, okay? Like mm. I'm two hours north of it, and so our whole area here this is Sasquatch country. This is this yeah. is you know they are here they are roaming. And the idea behind it that they would take him out for filming a, a video on Whistler, uh, to me, it just doesn't make sense. That's all I'm going to say. It does, Two plus two is not equaling four. I'm not saying, Lon, that it doesn't happen, okay, because I know people who have got the phone call. I know people mm-hmm. who have had the tap of the door. These are people I trust, okay? But it just seems like when it gets on that Reddit area, where the reports usually come out first like this. That's what makes Mm -hmm. me scratch my head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you get something off a form like Reddit or anywhere, you got to check it out first of all. Yeah. Um, And, um, and I, I do post there as well. I mean, I've I've got my own subreddit on there, so I do post stuff on there. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of questionable things on there. Of course, you got to look into it. Um, I'm always contacting people who post there about, you know, providing proof as to what happened. But, you know, yeah, you're right, though. You know, I have I have talked to several people over the years who have had uh, contacts with either police or other folks. Uh, in my case, it was NSA on three occasions uh, about certain... Reports now, the reports I was getting that I was working on at the time had to do with some with UFO and some to do with possible government or intervention with, uh, with people, and a lot of time it was it was kind of exasperated by the individual themselves <laughs> you know, writing congresspeople and, and and other politicians, and that's what kind of put the red flag up, and then they'd come to me and want to know what the hell's going on. But um, yeah, I, I, as far as this ca- these cases go with the Sasquatch uh, or the giant or whatever that was, plus what just happened in Ontario, you know, I don't know. You know, both of them, whether in can were in Canada. I'll be ca- honest with you; I don't really know of any. I can't think of any uh, any situation like that that happened in the U.S. So maybe it's a Canadian thing, I don't know, you know, but he the, the way he described it and the way that these provincial cops reacted to it, 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 it seemed that they really knew that these things occur. So um, I don't know. You know, you, you wonder why why do the you know, why do the authorities uh care so much about the Bigfoot phenomena and other cryptid phenomena. I I don't know. I mean, maybe it has something to do with park usage and and other things and people buying property or, you know, tourism or whatever, you know, that's the excuse I've heard many times, but I don't know if that's particularly what it is. I mean, I think it's, there's something else behind it and there but there does seem to be a concerted effort in a lot of cases where, they do want to keep this quiet. Well, look looked at my encounter, uh, where I had back in 81, that, that far back where the local authorities got involved with, it, even the feds. Um, and they hushed that up. You know, I can't find any record. I have never been able to find any record of it with any of the police or any, anybody else. And, uh, the reason that it, it kind of got out further with uh, on TV when I did, you know, when I did my spot on TV, was because one of the um, one of the town officials in Sykesville got interested because of it and started digging into the Sykesville police records, and there was no there was nothing there. So she got a little uh, she got a little curious, and and she called producers and they got contacted me and that's why we did what we did but these things do happen and to what extent well maybe not maybe it's um maybe it's a you know maybe it's expanded upon to some degree especially when it gets out on on the media but um but they do they do happen
2: well i do know in talking to a lot of loggers in my area that if something strange is going on, they're not supposed to talk about it. Just keep working. Exactly. And keep doing it. And but that is the the main focus. There is that's their paycheck. That's the, exactly that's their paycheck. And and a, the average logging job up here pays 80000 dollars, depending on your skill. Okay, because of mm-hmm. the danger pay that goes along with it, it's a dangerous job. And, you know, a lot of loggers who've been doing this for 15, 20-plus years are probably making well over $100,000 uh, doing that job. The, the company they work for, you know, they only get a certain amount of, of limited areas to log every year. And so they have to make their, their, their company valuable. And, and the gear and the equipment is not cheap. You know you need trucks for your guys to drive, you know because I'm sorry, electric vehicles are not going to work in the British Columbia forest, all right? You're going to need big tractors and and skitters and and semi trucks to haul the logs out there. We're talking about a multi million dollar investment here to go cut some trees down, and these guys they don't want to give up that that money for for Sasquatch. I just got told the story the other day by my son's hockey coach. He wants me to go up into the area where they're logging right now because there's this old 40 plus year logger who is refusing to go into this area because he's seen things and heard things lawn mm-hmm. and he would sooner. Yeah. I've
1: heard a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things, especially from Timberman. I mean, uh, you know, that's the good thing about what Steve Isdall does because, um, his channel is the facts by it's uh, and this guy he, he he really just takes people's uh, stories and and reads them on his channel
2: yeah uh,
1: I find it I find it intriguing some of this, some of this, the uh, the accounts that he gets but um and I have used some of them and uh, he gets some pretty interesting ones. So um, yeah, I, I think, I, and I think Steve is sincere. I really do. I, I think um, you know, you know how he is. He, he if he thinks it's BS, he's going to let you know about it.
2: Oh, absolutely,
1: but, uh, absolutely. Yeah, you know,
2: and, and you know the one thing I love about Steve Istahl is he's been out in the forest enough to make a qualified assumption. Look, hunting yeah. hunting guides like Steve Istahl or my buddy Mark, who I had the Sasquatch encounter with just a, a few weeks ago uh you know these are people I trust because their own mind is skeptical right off the bat lawn like yeah. with Mark it took him about two th- my buddy Mark it took him about two three weeks to finally admit that we saw a sasquatch mm-hmm. because he kept replaying every animal uh over in his head of what he thought okay if it's not a Sasquatch What is it? And he kept replaying it until he went through the entire elimination process. And that's how we were able to tell. That's how we were able to figure it out. And that's what Steve IStall does.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really started listening to him maybe the past six months or so. Uh, I've had several people recommend his channel to me and ask me, is this guy for real? I think he is. I really do. I think, you know, at first I was kind of skeptical. And you got to be skeptical of anybody who's up on YouTube at first. But yes. um, I think he, uh, I, I, I think he's very sincere. You know, he's typical outdoorsman. You know, he he's kind of rough around the edges and have his own opinion, very opinionated, but. Beyond that, I, I think he's very sincere in what he does, and i got to give him credit for, for doing this all the time with all the work he does. Um, I know what he does is not easy, and oh, he's no. got to be able to survive on his own.
2: I haven't talked to Steve in a couple of years, as we got about a minute to go here, Lon, but uh-huh. I know uh, when in the times I did talk to him, some of the reports that he was getting were really, really weird like th- mm-hmm. things that he will never, ever release because literally it would kill his channel. But some of the reports, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure you've had reports like that over the years too, where you, mm-hmm. you know you know they're true, you know they're true, but you just, for the sake of, of the momentum that you're building, you just can't use them. and Or people won't give you permission to use them. well that's
1: that's the big thing about getting permission and uh, i try to be as confidential as i possibly can with people and even when i give locations it's general for the most part unless they allow it you know allow me to get more specific but um i i won't i will not go on youtube and 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 report on things that well of course their standards are much different than you are when you do a blog yeah, uh, you got to watch yourself or you'll be defunded over there.
2: Oh, yeah. Trust me, I know. Lon Strickler's Strange Days, com is his website. We'll return with more monster talk and audience questions in hour number two of Spaced Out Radio, coming up right after this break. Dirty Filth, we have 254 people tuning us in right now. And, is that right? Yeah. Wow. A- and, uh, you know, Dirty, I, I, what I would love you to do, my man, is I'd love you to introduce yourself. I'm going to go check on my son, but I'd love you to introduce yourself to our, uh, our new uh, audience members who are tuning in. Maybe this is their first time. and They're wondering, what the hell is that guy doing at the bottom there? <laughs>
7: I think I can do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll put you over here. Lon, I'll be right back, okay?
7: Yeah, I gotta take a break myself. Oh, well, this this is where Dave leaves me and I start sweating. Hi, my name is Dirty Filth. I like to draw cartoons and I enjoy long walks to Graveyard. So anyways, I decided to draw a Mothman today. So I usually do cartoon, usually on the show Monday to Friday. Sometimes, uh, I don't think I'll be doing Fridays because they got life drawing classes and I was suggested by somebody with a big brain to do some life drawing classes, so I'll probably be doing that. But uh, nonetheless, I draw all these. All my art is available at Filthy.com. Let me get my little plug out here. Somewhere there. I'll just have to make one real quick. Yeah, all my art is available there. I just recently, as of last Friday, I did a calendar. It's my second calendar I've done, and I have one book out. It's uh, available on Amazon. Never mind the ring light there, Crypt Cartoons. That's available on Amazon, or you can go through my website. I have prints of all my like hundreds of drawings on my website, and yeah, that's about it. And you should come to Vegas next year at the Space Out Radio Vegas party if you got nothing to do. I believe it's May 19th to the 22nd. And on the Saturday there's going to be a whole big shebang. I think it's six hours of of creeps and cryptids and ghosts. And and I'll be there and I'll hand out some artwork to people who just got to find me. Easy to find. I'm the guy bald with grease paint on his face. And What are you having for a snack there, Lon? Oh, well, he probably can't hear me because his headphones are off. I wish I had a snack. Yeah, so, welcome to everybody that's new here. I normally don't talk. I got banned from talking because I was belching and I had a real potty mouth. So, uh, night, Digger Dog. Drinks are on Dirty fill Antonio Vallis Case. The man who had... Oh. oh, I don't know. Kason Lee. I don't know if that's allowed on TV, but I'll have to write that sucker down. Let's see here. Antonio Villas. Oh, boy. I'm just butchering that, butchering that. Oh, there's Blob. Hello, Blob. <clears throat> Yeah, Christine, I—I I fer- it was—I forget which show it was, but I didn't have my mic. Hello, Blob. I didn't have my mic on, and I said something, and then I just belched real loud, and Dave and the guests were laughing, and and I was uh, I was I was short shortly banned from talking during the show thereafter. So I always make sure I got my mute button handy. Blob. That's the other member of the orchestra. Bob, got Mothman tonight. Very nice. I did he's got ice cream?
2: Oh, he did get his ice cream. Very nice. Very nice.
7: Dave, I plugged the Vegas show, and I didn't swear once.
2: Oh, very nice. Excellent. Thank you. I was just about to do that.
7: I'm gonna have to have a little sign that says "Days without swearing."
2: Did you? Sw- <laughs> did you swear?
7: No, I didn't. But I'm gonna have to get a sign that says "Days without swearing" and see how long it can go.
2: Absolutely. Uh, The crowd is wondering where Blob is. Let's get her here. Here,
7: Blob. There you go, Blob. You're famous, apparently. There's the Blob.
2: There's Blob right there. Our man Blob.
7: Yeah, she's old. She's, She's getting two more kittens on the weekend, too. Mrs. Filth and her cats. She's a crazy cat lady.
2: Uh, we love Blob around here. We really do. Hi, Blob. All right. Say hi to
7: everybody, Blob. Yeah, you don't care.
2: Hi, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. How you doing, buddy? Good to have you here. Who else has joined us here? Uh, let's take a quick. Stephanie Jackson, Barry Brown, good to have you in the chat room. And, uh, yeah, I think we are almost caught up here, unless somebody snuck in that I haven't seen. And uh who illustrated the Sykesville Monster composite? I don't know. I don't was that you, Phil? Did you do that?
1: No, I was um it was a forensic artist from down in Florida who um did it for me. Uh he took all the reports I had gotten from the Sykesville monster witnesses who I talked to after I had my encounter, and um, I sent everything to him, and that's how he made the the composite. Oh, very
2: cool. we got 14 Mm -hmm. seconds left. Thank you to Samantha Times 2, Doug Shelby, THE Doug Shelby, Alphabet, and Lala for the Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. Here comes our number two.
1: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook's Spaced Out Radio Show.
2: Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for tuning us in. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club Woonerf. Woonerf is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with hour number two with Lon Strickler in Strange Days where we get into all sorts of monster talk that's been going around the world. And we will be able to hang on out with you and, and talk about this. And you could get any of Lon's books on Amazon, which I highly recommend for your own personal library. Lon, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me, Dave. All right. Miss, I know I missed last month, but I had a good excuse. So um, I, I know Eric Mintel filled in admirably.
2: No, he didn't. Uh, he's a gr- he, he didn't even come by. That was, oh, he didn't. No, uh, he got caught up uh, with his family because it was right around Halloween.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, he got caught okay. up with his family. So I, I, I got to go back and see. I, I forget who we had. Uh, we we ended up having someone else that night. I think, uh, I think we just kind of uh, played around that night and had a good time. I think that's what it was. So,
1: well, hard. you had to get you have to get Eric on there because he did he did some investigation of the Beast of Bray Road as well. And uh, now the guy lives near Philadelphia, but him and his team actually flew out there twice to do some work. Uh, they've got some pretty interesting evidence. So, um, yeah, he's he's actually working with me on a case, an upright canine case in Eastern Pennsylvania uh, as well. So, yeah, Eric's a good guy.
2: Very good guy. Fantastic hair. Fantastic hair. <laughs> Got a couple of questions from our audience for you right off the bat here. We'll start off with Pink Volo. Lon, when was the first time you were introduced or heard about the Dogman?
1: Well, the Dogman moniker, I don't know. That kind of came later on. But I had been very aware of the Dwayo sightings in in. Western Maryland and in Pennsylvania. Oh, God. I guess back in the mid 80s, um, I I started knowing about some of those not long after they had occurred. Um, But that's when I started actually looking into it. Um, I can't really say I did much investigating of it. Uh, Of course, now when Butch and I got together back in, I think we started back in.
4: black friday at lowe's this season save big on lg appliances from refrigerators to ranges and more whether you're renovating or updating your kitchen the lg four-piece kitchen suite has the quality you need and innovations like built-in air fry right now get it for just two thousand nine hundred eighty six dollars that's over twelve hundred dollars in savings plus get free install on items 599 and up and free delivery on items 396 and up start saving now at lowe's offer valid to eleven thirty. 30 exclusions apply see store for details
1: 2013 butch was never a crypto guy he never investigated any cryptids it was all ufo with him and um he, he always blamed me for getting started with that and uh i don't know if he <laughs> regretted it or not but he really took a liking to the canine cryptids and that, that kind of took off from there
2: yeah, I, I you know what? I don't think he ever blamed you for it. I think he uh, probably patted you <laughs> on the back for getting him addicted to it. That that would be well, he
1: did get addicted sure. to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah, he is uh, was very addicted to it. You know, it's not just monsters that you do, but you get a lot of UFO reports that people from whatever timeline it may be are starting to come in and tell you their UFO stories. You know, since the influx over the last couple of years of UFOs, have you seen an increase in reports from people who finally are able to get their sighting off their chest?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think people are much less reluctant to come uh, to come forward. Uh, UFO reports, for whatever reason, kind of kind of got a lot of the. Um, the ridicule originally, and, and people just kind of backed off of it. But uh, yeah, people are coming forward now, especially people who have had, an, have actually had a, an encounter, or sighting that's related with possible extraterrestrial involvement as well. I got a lot of, I get a lot of that. You know, not not a lot of. Let's put it this way: not a lot of times, but I get the more detailed encounters. And uh, of course I've, I've written about not necessarily UFO encounters, but a lot of alien disclosure uh, cases. And uh, of course I wrote a book alien disclosure about that. So uh, there's a lot of that in there.
2: Do you, do you like those type of uh, of those sightings? Do you like a, do you like a lot of those type of reports? Are aliens really what you're? Uh, what you're enjoying about, or, or is it something where, um, is it something where you prefer the monster side of it all?
1: I you know I really I really prefer the cryptid side of it. Uh, you know the the alien exclosure book. I I took years to write that. Um, I wasn't really sure if I ever wanted to put it out. And of course, when I started getting involved with David Eckhart and his abduction scenarios and, and other people that eventually started coming forward to me. Yeah, I kind of kept it in a, in a file and kind of, you know, kind of kept it and decided not to write about it. I'll be honest, my wife at the time w- did not want me to put anything out. Um she thought it was a little bit i don't know she thought i'd be ridiculed because of it and i had promised her i would but when she passed after she passed i go ahead i ran ahead and wrote the book so um and i'll be honest with you that's probably my best-selling book so um but no this um i am fascinated by the phenomena but when it comes to cryptids and of course with me having encounters my own and um getting a lot of different types of sightings, especially since Chicago sightings. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my bread and butter.
2: Right. No, I understand that. And To me, there is something, I, I don't know, but the, there's something a little romantic about calling yourself a monster hunter or something along those lines. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I actually, and I forgot to tell you this. I had, uh, uh, in my daytime job, I had some uh, clients from a couple of years ago come into my office uh, about a week ago, and they opened up a resort down uh, just southeast of Kelowna, British Columbia, in a little town called Lumby. And mm-hmm. they opened up this past year, and it, between June and July, they had six of their clients have Sasquatch-type encounters. One found footprints, The other one heard tree knocking. Another one heard whooping in the forest a couple of times. Uh, the, the strangest one was one couple was there, and they ended up uh, staying the night in their travel trailer because they were so scared. Well, I guess when they turned off the lights to their resort room, there was a a little bit later on in the night, there was a giant head and face with red eyes looking at them in the window. (laughs) And now the owners of this place, they've been tidying up and revamping it and rebuilding it, modernizing it. And they were looking behind one of the sheds on the, on the property. And they actually found buried against the shed behind a bunch of old wood that was laid up a statue of a Sasquatch carved Sasquatch. So, they're wanting me to bring a bunch of people down there to do an investigation over a few day period to see if we can track something. Because they want to use it for their own advertising. Yeah. I think it's great.
1: <clears throat> I think I, I think that's a good move. You know that Kelowna area gets a lot of weird settings. Yes. Uh historically. There's a lot of weird actually somebody's on here writing about a couple people written about Kolchak. I don't know. You remember the old Kolchak TV shows? I do. The not. guy in Chicago. That's what? probably before your time. I don't know. It 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 was a it was a popular monster hunter uh, investigative show. It was kind of hokey in some degree, but it was really popular. That was, uh, I guess, the early, late seventies, early eighties, and um, uh. uh Darren Gavin? Was that the guy he did I don't know if it was he that was his name. But uh yeah, I, I get a lot of people bring that up to me <laughs> a lot about Col especially since I'm working in, you know, doing the Chicago stuff. And he had a Mothman or Winged Humanoid uh encounter. Uh yeah, the Colchak, the Night Stalker. That was the name of the show. So um yeah, it was an interesting show. I I loved it. Darren McGavin. I, I loved that show when I was a kid.
2: Never saw it. Never saw it.
1: (laughs) You had to go on YouTube and and look for it.
2: I I may have to now. I may have to. But, I mean, there is something cool about being called a a monster hunter, though. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Let's get to uh, uh, some more audience questions, if you don't mind. This one comes from Donna, who is asking, Lon, have you seen or encountered any lion men that merge out of the ground?
1: No, I can't say I have. Uh, I don't even know if I've even heard of anything like that. But if she knows of something, I, I hope she contacts me.
2: Oh, Donna, we got to hear this one.
1: Uh, oh, Donna, I know Donna. I know Donna personally, honest, honestly. Honestly, <laughs> Not will disclose you.
2: Donna is here literally every single night, and I love her for it. Is that right? Every single night, uh, Donna is here, and... And uh, sweet Donna Spencer, she, God bless you, love you, my, my friend, and thank you for being with us each and every night. Uh, sometimes she even signs autographs after the show, just so you know. <laughs> but but she, doesn't, she doesn't like it when you make eye contact. So you, you can't make eye contact or she'll throw you out of the line. You know how it goes. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mennonite Abe here. Lon, I do not believe in dogman. What is the best evidence to convince a person like me?
1: You know that is a good question. Um, I, I will agree; it's kind of out there. It really is. I mean, you know, some of the sightings that Butch and I have investigated and heard about are pretty hard to believe. Um, I, I do believe there there are there is something that. It's either supernatural or maybe possibly flesh and blood i think it's it's most likely supernatural of uh you know where people have told us about these huge upright canines uh so um i don't know you know i i, I, I you know i have never seen one be you know to be frank with you but the people who i have talked to over the years are, are dead serious about what they've encountered. So, uh, but the best evidence to convince a person, I don't know. You know, I, I, I guess at this point now you almost have to take the anecdotal evidence and, and, and do the best you can with it. We, we do not have much physical evidence, just like with Bigfoot, you know, here's to say there is a, I not had an encounter with a Bigfoot and I believe it's absolutely a, you know, the real thing. But, um, you know, it's it's like almost it any other cryptid. It, the evidence is few and far between, and um, I guess you almost have to take the word of the people who are doing the work on it. Just like Linda, you know, if I'm quite sure, if Abe looked at Linda's work and um, followed her, and I think he would become more convinced.
2: I want to ask you. Uh, or pardon me, make a comment here. Donna says, in regards to the Lion Man, she said, I saw them merge out of the ground at Duke University while on patrol as a security officer.
1: Interesting. Well, I hope she contacts me because I'd like to hear about that. Me too. I really would. Definitely.
2: Definitely. Definitely. I, I would love to hear about that, too. I mean, maybe it was the sp- basketball spawn of Coach Mike Shashevsky. He's been at <laughs> Duke forever. I bet you he has yeah. something to do with it. That's why his his basketball team is, is so top-notch every year. Blame Coach K. That's what I say. Blame Coach K. All right. Uh, let's see if we have any more questions here. Uh, let's go over to Brown Dwarf. Who's asking? Are there any recent reports from Chestnut Ridge in Pennsylvania?
1: <clears throat> well, the two biggest, the two main investigators out there are, are Stan Gordon and um, Eric. Um, oh God, Eric! Why can't I forget Eric's
2: Eric? Left?
1: Eric Altman. Eric Altman. I mean, I worked for Eric for years. <laughs> You know, I'm hell with names. So anyway, now, and I haven't heard anything recently now that that, that Eric had been doing some investigating of a lot of light and strange phenomena on the Ridge. Um, They really don't know what that was. You know, I even talked to Stan about it and Stan's, he, he was, he was kind of stumped by it. I I do know there's been a lot of UFO activity on the Ridge. Um, a lot of these, uh, and I, I did post some pictures of some of these triangle craft that people had taken and seen. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess that's about it. I haven't heard any specific either Bigfoot or uh, other sightings on the ridge. Now, I have investigators on my team who live in Somerset County just East of the ridge, I don't know if the, if the brown dwarf knows anything about the um, the Laurel Mountain area, but there's been some strange activity up there. We've captured some um, manifestations on trail cams there, what we really can't explain either. So, uh, but it's been busy out there. I mean, but of course, it's been more it's been more UFO than anything else.
2: Dr. Kelly Schutz is asking. I'm hearing more reports about skinwalkers. Do you see any association between this and the cryptids being reported?
1: Well, they're entirely two different things. I mean, uh, the actual skinwalkers are, are Navajo witches, or you know, that supposedly transform into um, uh, some type of uh, beast, mostly you know, canines or coyote-like being, wolf beings. Uh, is there a connection between them and other cryptids? I don't really think so. I, it, there's a lot of confusion. Um, I, I the, there's just no relationship to them between cryptids and skinwalkers. Skinwalkers is a religious thing. It's, uh, there's some malevolency involved there. It's a lot of spiritual stuff. You know, most Navajo people don't like to talk about it, though some of the younger folks now are coming forward and talking about it. Uh, Encounters they've had or encounters that they've heard from, um, from family members. But it's kind of a taboo thing yet. Uh, You know, some of the things you do hear don't come from people who are actually living on the reservation or associated with the Navajo, the Navajo but, uh, I don't think there's really a relationship between them, but there is a lot of, there is a lot of confusion. Um, I, I do know that on, uh, some of these, these areas where the, some of these travel people live on, uh, there have been, there have been, uh cryptid sightings that may be some type of cryptid wolf or such. But as far as, uh supernatural being or an occult being like a, a skinwalker now. There's no relationship.
2: Do you think there is a relationship between the skinwalker and Wendigos?
1: No. I don't think so. Uh Wendigo are basically, you know, <laughs> the Wendigo is another confusing area. I, I always go back to, to referring people to Chad Lewis's book about the Wendigo. It's very well done. It's very detailed. Uh, a Wendigo is basically a person who has been possessed by a, some type of spirit or energy that causes them to to do things that they really shouldn't be doing, and, and a lot of times cannibalism and, and, and killing and such. Uh, the cryptid canines. There's no. There's no relationship between that them and that. Uh, a lot of times these Wendigos are depicted as may, maybe being looking like a, a pale humanoid being. Sometimes they have antlers. Yeah. Yeah, that may very well be, but that's a supernatural being. That's that's not a Wendigo. A Wendigo is actually a real human being that has transformed somehow uh, into something that is simply horrible. It's It's basically like a disease. And it's it's unexplained. But no, I, I suggest people go and read Chad Lewis's book, Wendigo. It's it's it is the the source for that type of information.
2: All right, let's go over to the UK where Tracy, good morning, Tracy, is asking, Lon, do you keep records of how many national parks are suddenly being closed and areas that are being brought or probably bought by the government?
1: I, I don't keep track of that. Uh of course I'm quite sure David Pilates does and other people, um, Steve Stockton. Uh they seem to have their thumb on the uh on the you know on that information. But um no, I, I really don't. Uh if if something does is mentioned to me, I I will make note of it. Um But uh no, I I really don't I really don't keep that information or look for it.
2: No, I. You know what? It, it's difficult, especially in those situations where those who need to give you the information aren't very humble about it.
6: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: And but, uh, no, no, Steve, Steve Stockton. You know, I, I consider him to be one of the top researchers as far as what goes on in national parks and such. So he may be somebody to contact because he would know.
2: Yeah, Steve does a great show, and and uh, we, I'm a big fan of Steve's. Big fan of Steve's and in, in what he uh, what he does with missing persons mysteries on uh, on YouTube. I mean, the stories that him and his team find are are pretty incredible. That's for sure. You know, but I mean, it still goes to show a lot. And we got about thirty seconds left. How many people are are, are just amazed by this these, these parks and how people just vanish.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is a conundrum. Um, I'm fascinated by it as well. You know, I've talked to several people who have uh, been rescue work in, in some of the parks, uh, not necessarily all national parks, state parks and such, but some of the stories they come up with and, and some of the things they've witnessed are pretty incredible. Um,
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll hold on that. We got Lon Strickler for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Phantomsandmonsters.com is his website. And when we return, 53 reports of strange creatures in the month of November already. We've talked about a couple of them. We're going to get into a
0: few more. Werewolves.
2: Crawler humanoids. Mysterious Lights, it goes on and on. Strange Days with Ron Strickler on Space Down Radio continues after this. Always good with you, my man. Always good with you. The beard's looking yeah, good. Yeah, you're
1: right. 53 reports.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I'm on it, man. I'm on it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Very much on it. Very much on it. These night crawlers weird me out.
1: Well, the crawler humanoids?
2: Yeah. They weird me out.
1: Yeah. I don't know what. I wish I knew what the deal was with those things.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
1: And I'll be honest with you. I, there's a lot of a lot of reports I get that I don't even really post as far as Carl humanoid. I'm not saying people are not telling me the facts, but there are um, there's just a lot of them out there.
2: <clears throat> don't have a picture of them. I just got the report.
1: I've had a few pictures. You know, of course, sketches and drawings, but I've had a couple of pictures sent to me. Uh, some of them are very questionable. Like I had one the other day that was very questionable, but the guy who had the encounter, I, I, I think he definitely saw something. Uh, he just was not able to get a very good photograph of it. Um. You know, that, that's another thing Butch was looking into in his neck of the woods. You know, where we had that Dogman sighting back in April. Um, that that state park behind Butch's place, um, Butch was looking into a pale a crawler humanoid there as well. oh. oh
4: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
1: So, um, you know, of course, I, you know, we never got any further evidence from, you know, about it. So.
2: You know what? I got to tell you something. So tonight, or I went grocery shopping about a week and a half ago, and I bought (laughs) Chef Boyardee's mini raviolis.
5: Okay.
2: I used, you know, as a kid, I used to eat that stuff like it was going out of style. You know? It was a good afternoon snack coming home from school or whatever. So, I figured I would cook up some for my son and I tonight <laughs> introduce him and I, and I was bragging to him. I'm like, dude, I said, Dad used to eat this stuff all the time when I was a kid, like your age and a little bit older and everything so i I put two cans on a pot, I heat up the I heat it all up, and you know make it nice, throw some cheese on there and a little bit of garlic and you know, I'll tell you. That it, it tasted horrible.
1: No, oh, that is awful.
2: Like I didn't realize how bad. Like you can't even taste the meat. It does. It has this weird taste to it now. It never had that weird taste before.
1: Anyway. Well, it probably tasted the same when you were younger, but your 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 taste buds have become more sophisticated as years go by.
2: Oh, whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is, it grossed me out. I I literally ended up feeding it to the dogs.
1: (laughs) You know what? I had the same experience a couple years ago. My son wanted to eat some SpaghettiOs. Franco-American, I think it's Franco-American SpaghettiOs. And I said, okay, well, I got it and I tasted it. I said, oh my God, I can't believe I ate this crap when I was in, in school. Uh, he didn't like it either.
2: Oh, it was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. I, I, I'll never buy it again. Never. (laughs) That disappoints me to say that.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of stuff I, that I used to eat back then. I would eat now. Nope. Yeah, I, I, I get it.
2: Uh, super Duke uh, from World Bigfoot Radio is agreeing with me. He says, "No, the quality has gone to crap." I agree with Dave. It's terrible. I mean, this this mm. this, is, this is a this isn't fun. This isn't fun at all. Well, we got thirty seconds. I want to say a big thank you to Forrest Louie, Lala, Samantha, times two, the Doug Shelby, and Alphabet for the amazing super chats tonight. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And if you're new here, hit subscribe, ring the bell. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. And don't forget to give us a thumbs up, everyone, if you haven't already. Here we go. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We got Lon Strickler until the top of the hour. Strange Days is what we call this show, where Lon from phantomsandmonsters.com joins us with all the weird, strange stories that he has covered over the last month or so and you can find all of Lon's book as he is is an accomplished author by going to amazon.com just typing in his name Lawn Strickler. Lawn, qu- quick question here before we get to uh, November this comes from Tracy in the UK again she is asking it's taken 75 years for the government to admit there are UFOs how long do you think it will take the government to admit there is Bigfoot and they've been studying them for their abilities.
1: Hard to tell. Um th- there is no indication at this point that you know, I-, I really don't know how much you know, but I'm quite sure they know a lot. Um uh, as far as what they have learned about these creatures. Unless it's something that they're pushed on, or there's a there's a good reason to disclose it, I don't think there's there's going to be any disclosure. I mean, you know, I, I really don't. Um, it's just like anything else. Why do they why do they suppress this information? You know, your guess is as good as mine. But I've seen it firsthand. I mean, I I know how they act when you know when you talk to a government somebody involved with the government, state, local, federal. It's always the same thing, you know. We don't know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I remember having interaction with one of the uh, the local uh, um, forest uh, officers around here. And mm-hmm. he pulled us over. You know, we were going to get some rocks for our garden, and he pulls us over and sees my little guy in the back. He was only about five or six back then. And uh, he goes, any uh, guns, fishing rods, or sharks on board? Because he saw my son with his little shark. <laughs> you know, and we're like, no, no. So he was just quickly questioning us. And I said, so, I said, uh, any bo- seen any Bigfoot lately? And he goes, oh, yeah, we see them all the time here, you know. and I'm, I'm like, no, I'm being serious here. I, I said, I- have you seen any? And he goes, nope, just that quick. And I said, well, I have. We've got areas of footprints. <clears throat> and he goes, where? I said, I ain't telling you. He goes, but I said, I know they're out there, and I know you guys have seen them. And we just kind of left it at that, uh, playing that role. But, I mean, it, I think these guys are, are almost afraid to say anything for job security. A lot of them. oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I have talked to and Butch did as well. Several uh, Pennsylvania Game Commission officers, and uh, we knew three that in central Pennsylvania who had actually been involved with some of the upright canine sightings, uh, and verified some of the sightings. I mean, something that was reported to them, and uh, there were at least two that we know that actually believed that they did exist and you know one individual along with his wife and two other people two other couples had an encounter and i think Butch has probably talked about that uh, up in uh rothrock state park it's up in um is that parrot county or center county i don't know i think it's center county so uh yeah i mean they know about it it's just like the whole thing where you know people talk about mountain lions in Pennsylvania and they report them all the time. And even down in Maryland, we've had, I saw one in Maryland and, um, no, the game people, the, the DNR. Nope. They're not around here. They'll just, they just deny it because they, they, don't want any controversy. And you, like you said, job security. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. That, and that, that's the, you know, that's their, um, that's their policy, and uh, and I, I think they do it because they don't want running people out of the state parks and such because it costs money to run those things, and they want people to with user fees and everything. And uh, if, if people are scared to go into these areas, they um, they have to shut them down. So I think that's the biggest reason behind it.
2: Oh yeah, y- you find a new creature. <clears throat> I mean, look look at what happened when they rediscovered the that that owl that that was on the endangered species list, I think it was a spotted mm-hmm. owl in Oregon. Mm-hmm. They shut that forest down for hundreds of hectares. You know, miles upon miles of forest because they had to make sure, was this the only one? Was there more? What are they feeding off of? Where are their habitats? Where are they getting water? And you can't do that if there's hunting and fishing and hiking and and camping in the area, mm-hmm. right? They shut it down to everybody, and that's yeah. part of the problem.
1: <clears throat> yep, that's the reason.
2: So, if you get a new species out there, like a sasquatch, by God, you're you're not going to have anybody in those areas. They can't afford to. You know, up here in British Columbia, outside of natural tourism. It's mining and gas industry and and forestry when you get up into uh, those areas. You can't mm-hmm. just shut them down.
1: Well, it's the same here in Pennsylvania. I mean, you know, half the state is, is state game land or, or state park. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania's got a ton of, you know, public land. And wow. uh, it costs a lot of money to... Uh, you know, to administrate and to run these things. And yeah, they, they, they will not, they do not acknowledge any of that never have. But when you talk to the individual, um, you know, individual commission officers, uh, get a couple of drinks in them. <laughs> They'll tell you always. All right. Yep.
2: You got a report recently, from northern Oklahoma, where a resident there saw what he thinks is a crawler humanoid. First of all, mm-hmm. e- explain to our audience what a crawler humanoid is.
1: Well, a you know, crawler humanoid, it, 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 <laughs> it looks like a very pale-looking, hairless humanoid-type creature. Uh, they're normally the, the size of a regular human, but they're much skinnier. They're sinewy looking. Um, you know, they kind of look like a, a large rendition of an, a, a gray alien. But the, um, but they just seem to pop up out of nowhere. Uh, they just seem to materialize for whatever reason. And, uh, a lot of times, you know, the sightings are, are are made by people who are hiking in the woods or hunting in a, a wooded area or in property, hunting property. In this case, it was an individual who had a um, his family land in northern Oklahoma, a large ranch. And um, he was up there target hunting or target shooting, excuse me and uh one of these things he saw one of these things and i tried to take some photographs of it. it It the photographs aren't that great but i believe just by his description the way he talked about it, he definitely saw something so uh but that's that's the nature of these these uh beings i mean they just seem to pop up and um what they are, I don't know, but, boy, we've been getting a lot of reports in the last decade or so. I mean, I wrote a book about it recently, The Mean Humanoids. Uh, you know, are these memes or are these real beings? We, we don't know what they really are, but there there have been a lot of sightings. We've had sightings here in Pennsylvania. Uh, we had a case out in eastern Pennsylvania where a woman was in her uh, driving her van one evening and one of these things literally jumped on the back of her van and got into the van. Oh my! Yeah, and uh, now it, it was it was interesting because it had the same physical description as many of these these uh, these crawler humanoids, but it was kind of brownish in color. And uh, I believed I believed her the way she talked about it. Uh, they had just moved in the area. They were they were buying a ha- they bought a house. It was at just outside of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and um, yeah, she was she was pretty reluctant to come forward on it, but she had nothing to gain by telling me about this. So yeah these these things are popping up all over the place. I've had a lot of people who've had encounters with them. Um, don't know what to make of them. They're they're very rarely. Malevolent. Um, they just seem to hang around. They're curious about humans, but um, they don't. They don't necessarily pose any type of danger. Occasionally, you'll get one that just seems to want to hang around and, you know, get in the way and and maybe cause some issues, and the person gets a little scared of it. But uh, for the most part, they're they're pretty docile
2: right are they the same as the the night crawlers that we hear in california you know that look like a like mc hammer pants that are walking alone
1: <laughs> yeah they may be i you know i i referenced that in the book um i don't know what the hell those things were that, that happened out near fresno um and there was actually a couple a couple sightings of these things. And you're right; they look like walking pants, and uh, weird looking. Are they are they the same genre as, as the, the the pale humanoid crawler humanoid? I don't know. They may be. I think there's probably more alien, more extraterrestrial aspects of these to those things as compared to what we we're, we're experiencing. And actually, those sightings kind of happened before this whole pale crawler humanoid phenomena really started picking up. You know, I really got, I really got in, you in, uh, know, into this phenomena when I started getting reports out in the Sierra Nevadas. Um, uh, there were a couple reports of this, these pale humanoids, these crawler humanoids that people were getting to getting back to me about. And, um, uh, I, I had actually got a hold of some of the park rangers and asked them about it and they acknowledged people were seeing them. And the name they were calling it Penelope, that's what they were calling it. That for whatever reason, that was the name they were giving it. And uh I, I had three or four sightings, pretty credible sightings of these, these beings. So uh, that kind of got me started on this whole phenomena. But, you know, as time has gone by, there have been many, many more. I don't think it's a, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's it, it's kind of self-replicating. I don't think that's the case. I think people are actually seeing these things.
2: I want to ask you about another strange story that came in about midway through this month. And this one came uh, out of Spring Valley, Illinois, where apparently there's been a slender man-like entity and a hatchet man hanging around a graveyard.
0: Oh
1: yeah, uh, that would uh, came Faces of the Forgotten. Uh, that was a gentleman out in Chicago area who uh, does these um, these videos about true crime and people who are are buried in certain um, graveyards and cemeteries. And he goes all over the United States. But anyway, this was, this was about a, um, a a certain cemetery that had a, um, I'm trying to find it right now, that had a, uh, here it is, that had like a slender man bee we're seeing. You know, people are, you know the slender man being is a, a meme humanoid, not in the book. But there was a um, there was a certain mausoleum on this small cemetery. Uh, the cemetery was the um, the Lithuanian Liberty Cemetery in Spring Valley, Illinois, and this this mausoleum, the Mossick family mausoleum, has been people have seen what they called a slender man, and they have also seen a hatchet man in the cemetery. Now, you've got to take a, a lot of this with a grain of salt. But quite frankly, you know, Rosemary Ellen Golly actually wrote about this in one of her books, The Complete Vampire Companion. And uh, she talks about this, this, this being that has been seen in that cemetery. And It's a fairly old cemetery. Um, it's kind of a weird place. I've, I've got the video. Actually, I've got the video posted on there. I uh, the date in which I posted it was November thirteenth. So you might want to go check it out. But it's an interesting. It's an interesting sighting. I, I you know I act actually came across it and thought, you know, let me let me go back and, and, and see and post it on the blog and see what people think about it. And when I started researching, then I found that the rosemary had actually done a piece about it. Uh, and there have been reports throughout the, uh, the local media as well over the years. So I don't know what people are seeing, but it seems to be something associated with that mausoleum.
2: I don't understand what a hatchet mat is and nor nor do I think I want to encounter one. Explain what it might be.
1: I I just think it's probably an apparition of an energy that manifests somehow. Um, It probably doesn't have a hatchet, but somebody had probably a very uh, exaggerated (laughs) imagination and thought they saw a hatchet it was probably just a manifestation and, and probably not even uh, an intelligent manifestation or intelligent energy. It was probably repeating energy. That does happen a lot in these cemeteries. Um, you know, people talk for years, just like the resurrection Mary uh, thing in Chicago, where they see this woman who was supposedly hit on the side of the road, and I forget the name of the road was, but it was uh, Victor Road, I think it was. But it was at a, a particular uh, cemetery, and she was uh, she. Re- it's reported by people that they see her, and then she, um, you know, she gets in the car and then vanishes. So um, you know, you, you hear a lot about these these uh, spirit or
4: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
8: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
3: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse
0: me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
5: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hikers get a lot of them up Maine for whatever reason. I don't know what is up Maine, but we get a lot of those type of sightings up in Maine. But this Resurrection Mary thing has been something that's going on for decades now. I think it's similar to that. I think it's something that just manifests because of a certain energy uh, at the right time. And, uh, you, know, you know, people's imagination kind of gets gets away from them and they see something. They might see a, a fog or something and believe, well, it's a hatchet man, you know, or it's a slender man or whatever.
2: I got one more for you. We got just under five minutes to go here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know I love, at love, 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 love these pterosaur stories. I've never heard of a pterosaur <laughs> yeah. being seen off the coast of Florida. I mean, this happened at the Shell Island Nature Preserve. The report came in to you and, and mm-hmm. also the MUFON about this. What were people seeing?
1: that's an old story um i kind of put it i kind of re-upped it and put it up there um i don't know what they saw but you know that's not the only time we've gotten reports like that we get a lot of those in texas south southern texas see that i expect uh, ken gerhardt yeah ken gerhardt can can he, he he can affirm that he gets a lot of those sightings as well as small t-rexes um but, you know, of course, we get the Terradon sightings as well, you know, all through the country, even around the world. But as far as this Shell Island thing, I don't know what that guy encountered. Uh, you know, I can't think of anything natural that, that would mimic that or look close to, be close to what would be considered a T-Rex or a small T-Rex. I don't know what it was, but you know their story was pretty damn convincing. So, who knows?
2: I love these. I love them. I love them. You know, I, I you know what? Out of any cryptid that I want to be real, this would be one of them. Is having <laughs> is having pterosaurs around now? I'm not saying they're friendly. They they're apparently far from friendly. But I would just look at this man as being one of those real good things that is happening. But do you believe that people are are um, seeing them, or do you believe people are maybe looking into a, a different portal of time?
1: Yeah, I, I think it may be a relic thing that is coming through some type of uh, time slip. I think that does happen. We've had a lot of instances where that may have been the case. Uh, I've, I've heard plenty of stories about people being in parks and suddenly a t- saber-toothed tiger would show up or something like that. And uh, it has that shadowy look to it like, you know, it's a time slip that someone's looking through time. I, I, I think a lot of these may possibly be time slips. Um uh, because theoretically, I, I I don't think there's there's real proof of it, but God, I tell you, there's been so many of these sightings. There, there's got to be something to it. Um, but uh, no, I think that's probably what it was. And that, you know, as far as these these T Rex, not necessarily the pterosaur, but the T Rex, I think a lot of that may be time slip.
2: Well, the only thing that I uh, I'm asking here in regards to this is you know even with Thunderbirds. A Mm 40-foot Thunderbird is going to hit radar. Mm
6: -hmm.
2: It's going to report on radar. And uh, the way I look at it, man, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading it wrong or whatever. But we're not – dude, that thing is going to drop a deuce that is going to paint a car or two on a street.
8: Mm
2: -hmm. And we don't – we don't see that. We don't Mm-mm. see these giant. You know, I believe people are seeing the Thunderbirds and not the Air Force version, but I, I do believe that people are seeing them, but looking at a time at a different time. Mm-hmm. That's what I. Know. Yeah,
1: I think there. I think there's some proof of that. Um, you know, on, actually, we had a um, we had a sighting years ago down in. Um, coastal virginia of a a large thunderbird that a couple people saw and was right beside an airport it was on an access road to the airport and uh that was checked into as if it came you know asking if it came up on radar nah it did so most likely it was something that was um that was not you know cor corp cor- i mean or corp- i mean you know wasn't uh Corporeal. Was it flesh and blood? Corporeal. And uh, wasn't flesh and blood and, and may have been, you know, some type of time slip thing. Yeah. You
2: know? Lon, we've got about two seconds with you. Phantomsandmonsters.com is your website. Everybody can find your books at any, uh, on an, an Amazon or anything like that. We appreciate you coming on in. We'll talk to you at the end of December, my friend.
1: Sounds good. Talk to you soon.
2: Lon Strickler, everybody on with Strange Days. Coming up next, Swamp Dweller. Then, controversy in the UFO world. Tim Sinor brings us the news. Next in hour number three. Lon, thank you so much, my man.
1: Uh, no problem, Dave. You know I love coming on here.
2: Oh, we love it when you're here too, man. We'll talk next month.
1: Okay, you take care.
2: You too, buddy. Take care.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Bye. Bye. Lon Strickler, everyone. Gotta love that guy. Love that guy. I'm just going to step away for a couple seconds. Little Timmy Senor is just around the corner. Uh, Tim, Swamp Dweller tonight. Oh, shoot, I forgot to load it. Oh, you might want to do that, Dave. It's kind of an important part of the show. Um, hey, Dave, what are you doing? I don't know. Why don't you uh, do this? Okay. tim this one's going to be about uh uh four minutes just like 401 402 414 pardon me Uh will be a real quick one and then we'll get right to you because i want to spend uh a lot of time on that one with you all right guys i will be right back thank you again louie appreciate you man Really do. I will be right back, guys. i got to check on my boy. Sorry about that, guys. There's Grantavius Maximus. <coughs> mm-hmm. We got about one minute to go here. Yeah, and uh, anybody else join us late here? No. Big thank you tonight. Louie with a natural four-trick on the Super Chats there. Lala, the Doug Shelby alphabet. Samantha and Doug, and Samantha again, appreciate the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support, everyone. We got hour three coming up. Don't forget, you can get your Christmas shopping in at spacedoutradio.com. In our store, just go to shop, and it'll be right there. Here we go.
1: would you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor
2: third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america Digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Woo Nerf. Woo Nerf is your password. Woo Nerf, yeah. Use it wisely, Space Travelers as the Clam sets the password each and every night, right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp,
5: First off, I'd like to say that I grew up in rural Tennessee. Hunting and three-wheelers were commonplace, and I stayed in the woods either hunting or playing a real-life army role-playing game. No, it's not just role-playing. I've had seven deployments, and I've had my fair share of trauma. I retired in 2012 and had a tan beret. Some will know what I'm referring to. Anyway, this story was kind of two parts. First, my father-in-law got me interested in metal detecting. I know, boring to some. However, having property where a Civil War battlefield and the Trail of Tears went by is extremely neat, and the history, right on my property, has many secrets there. However, with history comes repercussions at times. March 2020 came and money was tight, so we moved here. The house had to be remodeled, and that's a job that is still going on till this day. I went out on part of our 11-acre spot of land that my wife grew up on. She said she heard some weird things around the area and might have even seen something. Being from the country and seeing the things I have, I just dismissed it. I was out doing a little detecting around the property after a strong storm. A few trees were blown over, and they say rain will push what's in the ground up. I hit on a spot and I began to dig but was confused after maybe two feet and I hadn't found anything. I continued to dig when I saw a huge, what I assumed to be rock. However, it was a tomahawk. Cool, I thought. I had found a few more items that had to be some sort of Native American-made tool. I brought them up and immediately had this weird feeling. That night was our second night there. We had no water because the lines had to be redone. We had bought a small camper for us and our nine terriers. These are the most protective dogs I have ever owned, and I've had quite a few. That night, as we went to bed, my wife and I were talking. Now, she has a master's degree, so she has some common sense. So as we talk, the toilet flushed. I looked at her, and we don't have running water. I hadn't hooked the line up yet or anything. Then suddenly, the faucet came on. At this, I'm up. Water coming out with no water. That doesn't make any sense let's just even say being an army ranger this unnerved me the dogs have lost it and all nine slept on top of me or against me the next day my little guy that always rides and who i protected from the others had a heat stroke and passed out of the blue i'm all emotional because he slept each night on my shoulder his spot and now he's gone that evening it's a two mile walk away from the driveway to a store i had loaded 50 pounds in my backpack and walked with it that night I'm talking to a friend during my walk and as I returned, I turned on my flashlight and as I made a corner in the trail, I saw something out of the corner of my eye that will forever stay in my memory. It was a hulking creature, kind of looked like the Marlboro Man. It was like a black shadow almost. I double-timed to the camper. I grabbed my AR-15 and I unloaded everything in my backpack. By the time I got back out there though, nothing was there and that night I noticed in the mirror as I was shaving that there were things drawn. I asked my wife. She froze and thought I had done it, thinking I was messing with her. From that moment on, she'd hear my voice, and I'm not even home. It would sound like something on the outside of the camper was scratching at the windows and on the side panels. Sometimes you would even see a silhouette through the window blinds. We were very scared, and we didn't know what to do, and knowing that we were on Native American land... We had a Native American medicine man come and bless our camper and give us blessings as well. After that, this thing, creature, whatever, has seemingly left us alone and hasn't followed us anywhere. I don't know if this really counts much as a cryptid encounter, but it was an encounter with something that I can't quite explain that I will never forget.
2: And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here as he kicks off our number three of Spaced Out Radio. Each and every night, putting a little spookiness into this show. If you want more, you can go to his YouTube channel. He's got thousands of stories just like that for free. Go to YouTube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can hear them for yourself. I listen each and every night right after this show when I go to bed. Yeah, I'm a weirdo that way, but that works for me. Speaking of weirdos, let's go to our resident Tim bit. It's time for Tim Senor. And the UFO report.
6: Nobody's going to know. They're going
2: to know. My friend Tim Senor, thank you so much for joining us and. And, you know, uh, I appreciate everything that uh, you do for us around here. It's been a, a, a marvelous weekend heading into this week, and, and we're kicking it off pretty darn good here. But some really weird news, albeit controversial, stirred up in the UFO world today. And and you know what? I have booked the next 45 minutes of this show to talk about this. It it upset me so bad today and i'm gonna let you tell the story first and then we'll get into it we'll really really get into it
6: oh you you want me to kick it off well thanks for that thanks for having me on dave and thanks for lining me up <laughs> so yeah we can talk about it but it sounds like Uh, Some controversy, perhaps between uh, anonymous individuals and Jeremy McGowan, stirred up a response through their post, uh, through a post on UAPX's website. And so Jeremy announces in this that they do plan to, in fact, charge $600 for podcast fees from now on for most um, public appearances that they make through podcasting. Now, I can go through this post very briefly and give you a synopsis of his feelings and why the administration decided to do this. Um, and I can tell it's going to be controversial, and I'm sure they were pretty aware of it when they put this out there. But Dave, uh, do you want to take a first swipe at how this all kind of came to be, at least this post I'm about to read?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Jesse Peak.
3: Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper? Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try.
4: Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants.
6: Love that chicken from Popeye's
2: one investigator out of Pennsylvania, he has a little podcast that he does. And he posted on Twitter, and it came down on our Twitter feed at Spaced Out Radio. If you're not following us, make sure you are. That he wasn't giving up the name of the person. And he said, there is a UFO group out there that is wanting to charge $600 to do an interview with this podcast for his podcast. And he was pretty much, he was pretty upset about it. And I, I had started off saying, I've heard of this twice. I've had this happen twice. Number one was with Dr. Steven Greer, who will never appear on this show. After he asked me for money, he asked me to provide preloaded questions he asked me our demographics, male versus female, and a bunch of other weird stuff. Okay, but when he asked for money, and you ask for preloaded questions, that's not journalism. That's not an interview. I declined the interview. Rick Doty was another one who tried to hit me up for money, and I said no. Have fun doing. All other shows that pay you because you ain't getting a dime out of me. My friend in my 20 plus year radio career, I have interviewed millionaires. I have interviewed billionaires and I have never once had to dig out a quarter from my pocket to do an interview. It's not how the game works. So I brought that to the attention and as I'm following this Twitter feed the agent for UAPX starts piping off. And him and I get into it on Twitter. And he's trying to explain to me that in his 36 years of working in the media industry, there is all sorts of people who ask for money for interviews. And I went, no, no, they don't. Not in this field. We don't do it. So the agent's name is Alex Garcia. I'm going to tell you right now, the guy's a buffoon. An absolute buffoon. Personal opinion after my, my interactions with him today. And he starts going off about this. Oh, I'm going to read it to you. Trust me, I'm going to read it to you. I I started off by saying, I've only run into this with Stephen Greer and Rick Doty, which I decline the interview, as anyone should. There should be a list of those who are trying to capitalize like this. So wrong. And then he ends up basically saying, uh, or he started replying, he says, It may read insensitive, but yes, their time goes to the highest bidder, which at the moment is teaching and research. I can agree that it's not ideal for everyone, but it's the current situation. I said, you have zero clue how PR works. It's quite obvious with your answers. No one pays for interviews. He goes, I'm not PR. I'm their agent, Dave. I then replied, well, then you should really know better. You really should. And the war was on. I dropped the gloves with this guy. Okay. So he starts saying comments about uh, their, the personality is then compensated via either a product or media company that they are promoting. It appears to be free to you, but that's rarely the case. I said, well, I could tell you when I interviewed Mark Cuban, or Canucks owner Francesco Aquilini, or other billionaires, my radio station didn't pay for them. Nor did Skinwalker Rancho or Brandon Fugel. So I would say you're not quite accurate on how the medium actually works. In another thread, he goes, difference is that it takes the shape of a media buy from a TV network or streamer, In order to do this, you know this all too well. I said, no, in newsrooms or for talk show formats, there is no media buy that takes place for daily interviews. Once again, you're wrong. Sorry. You better continue to sit in your boardroom and let the people who know play the proper game here. Like, I just hammered this guy. All right, hammered him. I said, podcasts on the subject are a part of the citizen journalism that has helped mold the UFO world. Charging them for a speaking engagement will hurt your clients in the short and long run. No one does this because it's not a speaking engagement. He replied, I'm sorry you are not a citizen. I'm sorry you're not a citizen journalist. You are a journalist. A citizen journalist is an elegant way of saying hobbyist. But look, I'm sure there's middle ground here. But no, there was no middle ground. So what did I do? I got a hold of Gary Voorhees, and I told Gary Voorhees, I said, "Who is this this dude?" I said, "He is absolutely ruining UAPX on Twitter right now." And I went at him. I went at him. Now, I don't usually do a lot of drama, okay? I usually do not, Tim, get into this stuff. Because it usually goes nowhere. Nowhere. But you know what? There is a case in point here that needs to be proven. And that is... I remember the days, Tim, where we had 10 to 15 listeners a night. We were just trying to get off the ground with this show. 10 to 15 listeners a night. Now we have seven radio stations. We have a bunch of podcast networks that, that play our show live. There's an archive that people listen to. People listen on YouTube and Twitch and other places where if you combine our entire audience per show, especially our live broadcast on the radio section, we equal out to about 177,000 listeners a night. Okay? Thank you to our radio stations who help us make up those fantastic numbers. But I remember the days of 15 listeners... And in two nights, it's going to be our eighth anniversary of this show. And this struck a chord with me, Tim, because there are a lot of podcasters, YouTubers out there who are trying their damnedest just to learn. And then you have scumbags like this agent who are trying to milk money for their group because that's what agents do. They try and milk money from people in order to get them on. It's dirty pool when most of the people in this field, buddy, they have trouble paying their rent, let alone, you know what, if it's a hobby for them, who cares? If they're making five bucks on buy me a coffee, or they've got enough subscribers and viewer time to get a super chat on YouTube, Who cares? But this is a karma thing, dude. This is completely a karma thing. I get hit up for interviews quite often. And you know what? I try to do them all. I try to do them all. Why? Because I was that person. I was that person four or five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago where my dream was to tell my story at a conference for people to get to know this show and why I'm doing it. And then you got these guys where, hey, UAPX, you're not even finished your own data collection. You've had almost a year or a few months, almost a year, and you haven't even finished 10% of your data that you're supposed to release. Okay, and now you want to charge people 600 bucks for an interview? But wait, there's more, Tim. Jeremy McGowan from UAPX decided to challenge me on the media front tonight, right before this show. So... I did what any good journalist and radio show host would do. I borrowed a page out of Randy Macho Man Savage's uh, book. I climbed up onto the top rope, and I dropped an elbow right on the solar plexus of this absolute stupidity. I did. Okay? So I'm going to read you what McGowan sent to me earlier today he's he, he sent a reply that that because what they did in response to this uh, af, after everything that I was doing and, and a lot of people on Twitter were hammering them on this okay but I was the most ruthless on their agent they put a, a statement on their UapX website. That says, there may be occasions where we waive the fee if we feel that the output, timing, reach, and reason align with our internal policies, needs, and desires for the company. But as far as UFO Twitter is concerned, we've done the rounds and we've been on nearly all of the main podcasts and dozens of smaller ones. We are consolidating and curating our output, providing a single point of information generated by UAPX via our website. We don't charge for you to read our blog or general forums, which does shows like ours, zero good. There is no paywall, restrictions, or other blocks on your access to our data when it's released. And for those other podcasters, there isn't anything left for us to say until our papers are ready or other discoveries are made. When our data is analyzed... Our peer review papers are submitted and published or major discoveries, corrections, or identifications are made. You can find that information on our site with equal access to everyone, not just a single or a few different podcasts. This is how we ensure equal access and equity in access to the information by not siloing our output into specific areas, venues that not everyone has access to or knows about. So basically what they're saying is we're so large, we're so grand that we're not going to do your show because it's too small. And if you really want us on your show, pay us. It's not how the media works. Okay, it's not how the media works. The media, whether it's citizen blogging, podcasting, citizen journalism, all you have to do is say, no, thank you. We're not interested at this time. Or, no, thank you. We're not taking any interview requests at this time. Instead of embarrassing yourself charging good people 600 bucks for what? Dots in the sky? There is not a newscast out there that pays for information on stories. They don't. Maybe the smut tabloids do. Maybe they've been reading a little bit too much Inquirer, okay, or the world weekly news or whatever it's called okay but if you want to play big time do the interview if you want to play with the big boys do the interview you're not better than everyone else you 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 you're making yourself an embarrassment here so, when we come back from the break, we're going to continue on this topic because this is something that is actually starting to grow in ufology. And I got more to say about Jeremy McGowan and this whole UAPX uh, farce. Can we call it a farce of wanting to charge podcasters 600 bucks for an interview? Just so you know, for the record, Spaced Out Radio has never paid for an interview. Ever. We continue on the show with the UFO report Tim Cedar, right after this. It's embarrassing for them. It really is, Tim. Hey GF, 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 GFG, how's it going, buddy? Uh, little Davy Altman, I saw you hiding. There you are. Hey, Little Davy Altman. Who else has showed up here? Let's see here. Yeah, we have never paid for an interview. I had one other person. I'm not going to say who it is because him and I are friends. He's like, I'm charging a between fifty and 150 bucks for an interview now because I'm trying to raise money for my uh, what you said, So, Bud, you'll never get a dime out of me. And he goes, he goes, well, then I won't be on your show. I said, that's fine. So you don't have to. I said, but it takes away the journalistic integrity if I'm paying you for an interview. Hi, Judy of Gaul. Oh yeah, I'm not done yet with Jeremy McGowan. Not done yet. So once again, this agent who uh, thinks he knows it all. Oh, we this, this real good. Got real good. It it was like he was playing into my hands. That every time he said something, I had an answer for it right it was it was just one of those beautiful things that just happened he try and, uh here's one here oh come on oh there it is here's one here um uh I know how promotional radio podcasts and shows work, Dave. Difference is the team is not promoting anything. These are sideshow requests. I said, you, sir, are completely out to lunch with media and media requests. I talked to billionaires and billionaires throughout my career who've never asked for a dime for an interview. This isn't a speaking engagement. This is an interview, whether it's a big show or not. He goes, in your world, this is what you believe to be true. I ran a multimillion-dollar content strategy for a public company, 36 radio stations and 34 TV stations. I said, in my world, I have over 20 years of media and journalism experience working in radio. I think I know how the system works all too well, and you, sir, are way off base and out of touch with your financial requests for podcast interviews. He goes, I ran a team of 300 radio employees across the country, including journalists and jocks. I know your world all too well at a board level, and there are speaking fees or stipends paid all the time. Difference is that it takes shape of a media buy. That's where I said... Uh, what i did about mark cuban and other billionaires he goes there's no comparison here i said no comparison i said uapx is a ufo group that people want to talk to in an interview format this isn't a speaking engagement you want to charge for an engagement go for it i do but interviews dude you're making yourself and your business look foolish here know your game he goes the game is this if you're an infotainment outlet, UAPX, will not appear on your show for free. If you're a serious journalist that has a real editorial study to tell and a real interview to conduct, pitch. I said podcasts on the subject are a part of the citizen journalism that has helped mold the UFO world. Charging them for spe- a speaking engagement will hurt your clients in the short and long run. No one does this because it's not a speaking engagement. So we were at it. We were at it. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I loved it, loved every moment of it. These people are going to come in here and try and t- dictate to us how it works? I would like to ask Dr. Stephen Greer one day, how much did you charge Demi Lovato to take your course? She's worth about 50 60 how much did you charge her, or was that one on the sly so you could get some uh, followers on social media instead of the twenty five hundred or thirty five hundred that you charge for people to take your CE five course? I'd like to ask him that. How much did Demi pay, right? the same thing. Hey, I asked Brandon Fugle point blank. You allowed Post Malone on there. He knows nothing about this field. Why can't I come? I asked him that privately. I have got a vested interest in this. Outside of a keen hobby. <clears throat> I would like to know. Right? But I will guarantee you, Lovato didn't pay. Here we go. We're on the third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Tim Senor is here for the UFO Report, even though I'm doing most of the talking here, regarding a controversial statement made earlier today that the UFO group, UAPX, is now wanting to charge people $600 for a podcast interview or radio interview if they deem you not to be of journalistic integrity. Tim, what's your thoughts on this so far?
6: Yeah, Dave. Uh, So tonight I'm going to shock your audience by agreeing with you. (laughs) You know, um, it's not hard to kind of not see the benefits of charging for data and access to talking about that data that, that.
4: Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online.
8: I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true.
4: Chumbo Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
3: It only happens once a year. JCPenney's cyber deals are back, in-store, and at JCP.com. Through Wednesday, fill your cart with deals like Yes, Please, Diamonds, and Gemstones, now $19.99 each. Or use your coupon inside the JCP app to save up to 50% on small appliances and cookware from top brands like Keurig, Cuisinart, Calphalon, and more. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1130. Exclusions apply. Jewelry excluded from coupons. See store or JCP.com for details.
6: It's not a great move, but I'm still a big supporter of the idea behind UAPX. I I love independent researchers. The work of Jerry McGowan, I still feel is pivotal in some big moves and some great stuff that we've seen. So um, I don't want to undermine the fantastic work that they're doing, but I do know that the company is pretty open about struggling financially, and so this is just one uh, you know, maybe a short-sighted option that they've taken, but one option that they are considering here to try and bring in other sources uh, to support their their work. And I know that the whole team at one point was um, trying to fund just to keep Jeremy going and things like that. And, you know, it, it is an expensive endeavor. They are self-funded. Um, and so, it, you know, it is tough to see them have to survive this way. Perhaps they could have done something a little different, presented it a little differently, um, because I think there isn't one of us out there that isn't in full support of the concept behind what they are doing, whether you support this team in particular or or another one like it, or perhaps you don't at all. But either way, you understand what I'm saying here. Um, So I don't like this executive decision. But I still like everything about what that team is all about um, Here's the as thing. far as data collection.
2: Here's the thing. Data collection means nothing in this. This is about fixing his ton- Jeremy McGowan's Tonka truck that's filled with computers that he barely knows how to run, according to people that I have talked to. Okay? I'm not saying that to give Jeremy a shot. I did that on Twitter earlier. Okay, but this is a non nonprofit organization that is trying to rip money out of the uFO world, okay, and here's the thing: word of advice on the media. This is how media works. If you want something, if you want people to to donate, if you want people to help your cause, you hit the pavement and you go on every show you possibly can. You make time for it, whether it's 15 minutes or four hours. You make time for it. Okay? I've got nothing out of this radio show that I started with 15 listeners eight years ago. Built it all from scratch with barely any budget. And now, look, we're cracking radio stations. Okay? Thank you, yeah. Chuck Contreras. Thank you, Jody Panu. Yeah. Thank you to uh, uh, my big good friend, Len Novin, Ryan O'Neill in in uh, Georgia, okay? These guys believed in what we do because we worked hard for it and we went door right. to door, okay? I right. had 150 no's before I got these guys.
6: Yeah, and I think that we're seeing them grasping at sticks down a rushing river you know, um, these are usually signs of a struggle, you know, as things are going down. And I'm being kind simply because I have wanted to support this organization from the beginning. And There have been a lot of people that have worked with them that I really like, you know. And so I can't diss an organization that I liked the concept of. So yeah, it is hard to yeah, see yeah, it Tim, go down like this. Tim. And I hate to see them struggling like this. And th- I do agree with you. This isn't the way. You know, this isn't the way forward as in an organization they are getting all. They are getting but,
2: bad advice. Okay. And, and, I, and I agree and, with you and there. I like
6: Gary 100% agree with you there. Okay. Yeah.
2: There are a lot of people in this field who don't like Gary Voorhees. Okay. I like Gary. Mm-hmm. Gary and I have had some great conversations over the years. Gary and I get along great. He comes in here. If I ask him for anything, he'll help me out. That's a relationship yeah. we have. Okay, he's got a fantastic beard, okay, and you, you just can't knock a guy like that, okay? I know there are people, even in our chat room, who have had issues with with Gary. Me, I haven't. That's how I judge a person. So I understand with what you're saying, okay? But if you are hurting for a nickel, you get out there and you make a dime, Okay? You go out there and you put yourself out there. So whatever PR person that they are dealing with or this super agent, okay, who knows more than everybody, okay, you notice in the tweets I read during the break, this super agent says he has ran the companies. He's never said that he's been in the trenches to know how it actually works. So therefore, he doesn't know how it works. You don't pay for interviews. You don't sit there and, and, and try and hit people up for $600. Look, if you want to make money, yeah. how about like Tim said, block your content on your website. Some of it, not all of it, some of it on your website and have it for pay behind a paywall. Okay? Yeah. Where's your go? There's fun- a lot of options. Where's your GoFundMe? I mean, where's where's your buy me a coffee? Where's your Patreon account? Yeah. Where are they? Okay. Where are they? Instead of hitting up people because you don't want to speak, shame on you, shame on you. So McGuire here. After I read you know that tweet before, I, I I tweeted out to him. I said, whoever came up with this or gave you this media advice has zero clue on how the media works. This will darken your cause overall. That's not a threat. That's how the media works, whether it's us journalists or citizen podcasters looking for your participation. I followed up. I said, you are trying to defend a poorly thought out media blooper that you created. The only people that you are hurting is yourself for this asinine fee for your services. Media is always free. The medium is the message. If you don't want to do a show, you politely decline instead of trying to rip people off. It, it, it's an embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment what they are doing. Yeah.
6: you know? I agree with you on that. Yeah. And,
2: and UAPX, and I'm sorry, Gary Voorhees, you're a friend of mine. Okay, but it is my job as a journalist, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't call out your group like this. I wouldn't be doing my job as a journalist. And the UFO world has a right to know about this. We can agree to disagree all night long, but Gary Voorhees, I'm I'm sending this message directly to you because you are a friend. Whoever gave you this advice... Is a knucklehead, is a dimwit, and is someone who you should probably question your association with if you want to take UAPX to the next level, like I hope and wish you do. I want to see him make a million dollars, two million, ten million, whatever it may be. I want to see him do that, just like I want to see every other podcaster out there succeed if they're doing it the right way. Everybody has the right to make money off of something they love if they put hard work into it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have millionaires in baseball. We wouldn't have millionaires working on movies. We wouldn't have millionaires as we stand and watch them on stage strum a guitar or play a piano or sing a chord. We wouldn't have it. Okay, We're allowed to do what we want to do for fun, And we're allowed to make money off of it. But when you try to rip people off, that's where the scumbaggery comes in. I just invented a new word there. Scumbaggery. Okay.
6: You know, Dave, I've got a quick question for you. I wonder what we could get for our $600, though. Because just to downshift for a moment, let's just think about how much fun we could have with $600. You just I, saying.
2: You and I had a lot of fun at the bar in Vegas. Where you, True, but where it'd you also me, be fun to you watched me drop two hundred <laughs> bucks on on back massages while we drank. You drank, I think you drank scotch, and, and I and I drank uh, vodka sevens while we played poker on the on yeah. the video slots right there.
6: Okay, I'm just saying. Um, I'm just wondering what you get with that $600 if it's a couple hours and they can't leave. Um, I don't know. Anyways, no. it, it, I'm just saying. I mean, I anyway. understand 100%. There's no way anyone should be charging for interviews. Defeats the absolute purpose. Um, but the, yeah, and it, yeah, please.
2: But the sad part about this is there are a number of names out there, and I'm not going to say who because I haven't got confirmed yet. But apparently, there are a number of names out there now that are literally trying to charge money for interviews. Now, let me tell you something how this works. Remember how, uh, Tim, I'm going to sound like a a guy who's uh, standing on top of his Popsicle stand right now. But remember I told you point blank that People can get paid for their engagements. I've been to conferences where I got paid. I had my travel paid for, my food paid for, and a little stipend to say thank you. I've never made more than $500, and I've and I've done conferences for free. Okay? All I expect is help me get there and whatever else you can do. But there are people out there who are charging fifteen hundred two thousand twenty five hundred ten thousand dollars, okay if not more, for their speaking engagements. That's fine. That is what your time is worth. My time still being a small guy on the totem pole isn't worth the value of say somebody like Richard Dolan or Linda Moulton Howe or someone along those lines, okay. But you know what? I could call those people up. Like I called up Grant Cameron the other night and said, Grant, we need to do a year-end show. He goes, great, Dave. Great. When do you want to do it? I said, how about next Thursday? He's like, I'm in. That's how it gets done. No money. Right. No contract because we're journalists. We're doing a radio show. Okay? Somebody yeah. wants to pay me to fly down and speak in front of a group to give my opinion on UFOs and woo damn right I have a fee. Absolutely.
6: Do you think that this was in any way in part to discourage doing more podcasts and maybe even the group members from doing more podcasts, unless it's been confirmed and paid for, because some of their individual group members may have been doing more podcasts than others and some of it was solicited and some of it It wasn't so they were just trying to right but i mean were they trying to maybe corral it by putting this together this way
2: you're allowed to say no if look i just did a podcast the other day i don't think they have 300 subscribers okay but they were big fans of mine they're a canadian show And they're like, dude, we really, really want you on. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. And guess what? In our conversations, dude, I found out that these guys have some amazing stories. I'm going to be booking them to come on this show. Okay, because you guys are in for a treat when you hear this. I'm going to keep that quiet for right now.
6: But so uh, let me ask a a question. So maybe we could spin this around somehow and make it a positive. How do you think they could have handled this? Good question. If they were looking to, please.
2: Good question. That's easy to get to. Number one, you never have to say yes to a podcast or radio show. So for instance, when somebody hits me up, I look to see who they're associated with. I look to see if they are using the term journalist. Because in the UFO world, there are a lot of fake journalists out there. Who've made careers in this field. I don't want to associate with people like that. Okay, If you come to me and you say, hey, I'm a citizen journalist or I'm a podcaster. I love this topic. Really want to get into it with you. Yeah, I got time for you. My fee is zero. Okay, but it's karma too, Tim. It's karma. If I say no because I'm too good for that show or I'm too big for that show or they don't have the following, what's going to happen when I need somebody? That's a karma thing. But number two, okay, you're allowed to say no. If you don't want to, so you can do your research and just say, you know what? We're not doing interviews right now. We're busy doing our, our stats. We're busy doing this. We're busy doing that. Okay. We're just not doing interviews right now because we've done the tour over the, the previous engagements and we're just taking a break right now. Great. Not a problem. All you got to say. But for the audacity, okay, like I said earlier, if you are going to a speaking engagement, let's say you're going to uh, a, somebody sets up a conference in Los Angeles, <coughs> excuse me, and they want you to be their co- their main speaker of the night, whether it's for a conference of of, of UFOs or, you know, I, I remember my dad used to, Host a bunch of conferences. He was a businessman. And sometimes they would have a, a retired athlete come in or a retired stockbroker or retired whatever to come in and speak and tell their history. You get an engagement like that, you're paid for that. Right. You're paid. Right. Media is not paid, but you have Can the right say, to say no.
6: They missed an opportunity here where instead of asking for that $600 fee, they could have done the shows for free on the condition that they were allowed to promote and let the audience know that they were needing donations. The, you know what I mean? And it, it could have gone absolutely. even further than just $600.
2: Or if their agent you was, know? if their agent current agent had any competent competency whatsoever, why not shop your scientists and your guys around <laughs> on the speaking circuit? There you go. Okay. You yeah. can go on you can go on websites all over there you go
6: that's an agent. See that would be an agent okay. if he was booking them speaking gigs. not this yes. moron,
2: not this moron who wants to play on Twitter, okay yeah. no, he wants to milk the UFO field. How about if you're if you're hurting for money that much, put Gary Voorhees or Kevin Knuth or Matthew Sedegas or Jeremy McGowan or whoever's left on that team, put them on the speaking circuit. Because yeah. you know what? If you're any good as an agent, you'll get them picked up for maybe $5,000 for an hour's yeah. speech in front of a, a business luncheon. Maybe yeah. 10000 How about $100,000? Feels like 000? they missed a trick. Oh, that, they are getting bad advice. Yeah. They are getting bad advice, and it just seems like every time UAPX takes one of these turns, it goes down the wrong corner. And I don't like that yeah.
6: about it. I don't. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. You're absolutely look, right, but you and I just brainstormed a couple of great other options in charging the podcasters.
2: Well, here's the thing though, buddy. I mean, we shouldn't have to do that. I'm right. I'm sticking up for the podcasters out there who are really trying to do something with this. Okay. Yeah. The the little 1 hour warriors we want to play drama. I have no time for them. Okay. But the other ones out there, look, we, we were there eight years ago. We were there.
6: Thanks for doing all that for us behind the scenes today, Dave, because you rock. Absolutely appreciate it. And without those words of advice, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we can turn them around still. Well, listen, I,
2: you know what? I don't have much hope knowing who's there. I don't have much hope. And, you Fingers know,
6: trust on my end. I, I'm still look. I want them to do well.
2: <laughs> and I know you're Mr. Yeah. Positive. You're Mr. Sunshine and roses. Kiss the babies on the cheek. Okay. <laughs> I know you're that guy. Okay. A little bit, but this is wrong and wrongs need right. to be called yeah. out. Okay wrongs yeah you think Luis Elizondo doesn't get paid for his when he goes to an engagement somewhere or Chris Bellin? Right. well Chris doesn't need but he never
6: money. charged for podcasts ever no and he never had his questions beforehand
2: Brandon Fugel is worth I'm gonna say half a billion dollars give or take a hundred million or more okay yeah comes on here for free does every other show for free Right? Not because he's a multi-multi-millionaire, okay? but because he doesn't have to. Because he knows the game. That's how the media is played. Do it for free. If UAPX is listening to this, which I know they will, okay, smarten up, get back in the game, and hire an agent that actually knows what he's talking about. Because your current one knows nothing. Knows nothing. He just wants to give you a, a, a book of how good he is. On that note... Timmy, sorry for dominating the UAP report.
6: Had to be said.
2: I know that. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight youtube twitch oh yeah, facebook spreaker the space travelers club and on twitter hashtag spaced out radio Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the wound train.